How we doing, Josh? Uh, I'm alive. How about yourself, man? Hey, I'm doing good. Hey, guys, so today I got my friend Josh Hawking on the podcast. Uh, Josh, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Josh. I've known Jordan for uh, quite a few years now, since what, 2014, 2015? Yeah, I think 2015. Well, no, it was before that. It was about, no, it was, yeah, it was 2014. Yep. Because that's, that's when you, we, you got the, the unit. Okay, so guys, so so my so Josh is or was a O three twenty one, and what that means is he was a he was a pretty pretty much a, he was a recon marine. Josh, do you want to kind of go into detail about that, like baseline wave tops? Um, baseline, it's basically the uh, the secondary special operations um, capable unit of the Marine Corps. Obviously, we have MARSOC and you have recon. Um, MARSOC is under SOCOM. Recon is under the entire Marine Corps, basically. basically so we get matter. zero. So zero funding. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. We get we get crap funding. Here's a here's a broken radio. Fix it. That's what I got. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, yep. So uh, the reason why I brought Josh on here today, guys, is I want to just go ahead and um, give you kind of a like a bigger understanding. So. The Marine Corps, obviously, you have different MOSs and, and things like that. But um, I can speak on my behalf. You know, the Marine Corps definitely changed my life forever. I'm definitely proud to have served, and especially with someone like you, Josh. You're a stand-up dude. You always have my back, always will, and I definitely appreciate you for that. So tell tell the audience how um, – what what made you decide to go in the Marine Corps and then what made you decide that you wanted to go to recon? Well, I, uh, I always knew I was going to go to the military. Um, Basically, it was just kind of up in the air. I thought Army for the longest time. Um, and then when I, no, I'm joking. Yeah, Army of all things, that stands for ain't ready to be a Marine yet. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I was talking to the Army guys, and then I talked to a Marine recruiter, and he kind of just hit a little bit different. Um, as far as recon, I had a buddy of mine growing up, and his dad was recon. His dad passed away as a recon Marine. He's killed in action. Um, so my buddy, we were real close, and he was a stud. And he was going to go to recon, and I'm like, fuck, dude, I can't make that. I'm just going to go to the infantry. Um, basically, we had a guy come in. He's a legend in the community once I got over to the infantry side of the house. And he was just – I mean, I don't know how to say it. Other, He was a stud. Like, he was everything you're not supposed to be as a Marine. He didn't have a haircut, <laughs> didn't blouse his boots, had his sleeves down, put a pension in front of everybody and just spit on the floor. And they're like, hey, hold on. Yeah, he said, now hold on. All right, boys, I like to shoot fuckers in the face. Welcome. <laughs> and I was like, well, this guy got me. I'm going to try to be recon now. Say no more. Dude, yeah, I, remember, I, remember being on the, I remember being on the range and, and uh, we shot that, the Mark 19. Yep. I fell in love with that gun, dude. I fucking love that gun. The Mark 19 is a fun little piece of machinery. Um, for people that don't know what that is, it's basically, um, in Layton's terms, a machine gun that shoots grenades. They're forty millimeter grenade projectiles. They're they're uh, they're pretty fun. Yeah, I remember we had a lot of fun on that range, dude. Yeah, the uh, the rocket range was the one we had a lot of fun on. That's the one I've got pictures of me and you on a rocket range, um, where we're hitting tanks with it. <laughs> yeah, I remember that, dude. Some of those things I, I I haven't talked about, and I forget that I even did. You know. Yeah. Um, you got you were attached to the company we try to take you on to every range i remember i kind of 
vetted for you. I was like, hey, you know, let's get let's get Costner in there. I'm sure you remember many a times I tried to get you onto our ranges. Oh yeah, oh yeah. My uh, my grandpa was actually that's another reason I became a recon, uh, recon marine was uh, my grandpa's recon back in the day, and uh, his biggest advice to me was always treat you know even your help guys your support guys um, like they were one of you you know you're not above them they're just another guy um, and once you humble yourself to that point you can learn a lot I learned a lot from you Jordan I learned a lot from you know like the parachute riggers I learned a lot from our con like our motor T our boat locker guys, I learned a lot from S1, um, made a lot of friends in that community. Yeah. And unfortunately, some people hold themselves um, above other people, you know, and that's, uh, you got, you got to humble yourself. Oh, well, yeah, they're just that. Those are the people that the I'm better than you. And I know, it. you know, welcome to Globo Jim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, uh, or, uh, what, what was it the dodgeball? Yep. Yeah. yeah. A lot. People, they just, I don't know, they, they got to humble themselves. That's a, a big thing that people need to do. Um, I was a guy when I, go ahead. Humbling yourself, though, is, is uh, I mean, because it's tough because then you got to look at your mirror and be like, look in the mirror and be like, okay, what do I need to get better at? But a lot of people don't want to do that. They'd rather just point the finger and be like, oh, I'm better than them, you know, because they're, you know, afraid to look in the mirror and be like, all right, this is what I need to fix about myself. Well, everybody thinks that they have it hard, they've had it harder, they work harder, or they're stronger, or whatever, than everybody else. That's just human nature. Yeah. Um, and I had that mentality going into a recon unit. You know, as a recon Marine, you're taught, you know, I'm, I'm the baddest of the bad. You know, I'm up there. Everybody wants to be a recon because it's like what they just do on Marine Corps recruiting posters. You know, like, oh, I got to jump out of planes. I'm a hard ass. You know, every, every other Marine in the Marine Corps doesn't get to do that. Well, yeah. I had that perception going into the unit until I got into the unit and then I realized I took a left a look left and right and realized you know I wasn't shit there was some guys in there that had done some stuff you know like Frank Simmons Frank Simmons humbled me completely the guy is a bad man he is a bad man and tell him the story be about it so the stu- the story with him is um, the story I was told um, no, I didn't know who he was. He showed up into Alpha Company. Jordan got uh-huh. to meet him. Yep. Um, basically, he was a platoon sergeant. Well, everyone's like, dude, you know who that is, right? I'm like, no. And they're like, that's Frank Simmons. I'm like, okay, who is that? Well, he was up for the Medal of Honor. I'm like, okay, I know what the Medal of Honor is. Holy crap, what did he do? Well, from what I was told, he broke the record for the most kills in the least amount of time confirmed since Vietnam. Um, the Battle of Sangin happened. Basically, what happened was there was an infantry unit that was going into Sangin, and any time they were going into Sangin, they were getting jacked up. They had something like 70% casualties. It was something ridiculous. So uh, Recon was tasked to go into Sangin and um, kind of scout out and see what was going on. Well, after a couple firefights, they would go into Sangin, they weren't getting shot at, but the infantry would go into Sangin right after, and they would get messed up. So they found out that the indigenous people there were smarter than what they anticipated and they were looking at the markings on the Humvee and they knew what Marines to attack and what Marines not to attack. Yeah. Told was that they were told, Hey, you're going to take a couple of our Humvees into Sangin um, because we have our markings on there. And obviously, you know, you guys are going to put the smack down on them. Well, as soon as they got over the top of the hill, they started getting lit up and 
Frank Simmons jumped off of a Humvee, laid down with an M110, which is a semi-automatic sniper rifle. Uh, it's a long gun, 308 platform. And he killed 18, confirmed, and wounded two in the first 10 minutes of the Battle of Sangin. Um, it earned him names like the Butcher of Sangin, uh, things like that. That's what was relayed to me. Um, and it humbled me greatly because I talked to this guy and you'd never know it. He's just dude, that dude was so humble. Yep, he treats everybody um, with respect. And that's what I come to realize about people that do great things is they're the most humble people you'll ever meet. Yeah, I was always taught by my uncle, um, Uncle Willie. Uh, he said, always be humble, man. Um, and, you know, a lot of lessons I learned from him. And, I mean, definitely being attached to recon was definitely humbling for me because I didn't even expect to uh, to be decent in the Marine Corps. I had my time where I excelled and then had my time where I didn't excel, but more so excelled in the long scheme of things. And same with you. I know it was I was just talking about this last night with my girlfriend, man. I said it was like like we were a group of men that that like we helped each other become better men, if that made sense. No, because it does. Uh, right because like like mental well mental health for me has always been an issue and I never even approached it until here lately and I'm like look I gotta get help but see before I would you know you know my way of of getting past mental issues was like we go hang out at the barracks and drink beer and you know what I'm saying have a good time and or uh go to go get punk go get punched five or six times by this chick jacked up on cocaine yeah she's a little too <laughs> she beat her <laughs> i know dude she probably like five or six uh and then what happened i was like hey that bitch took my watch <laughs> yep she stole his watch in the middle of all of those punches uh, no. and then punched me in the forehead. no 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 it was the fucking uh well remember amber we won't get into that no. i don't remember names but yeah <laughs> i remember yeah. her name her name was good to remember, but anyway, it was a thousand dollar watch, man. I couldn't, I couldn't just, you know, leave it there. Yep, for sure, man. I get it. But uh, yeah, we had the worst fucking chow hall in in the fucking damn Marine Corps. Shit, garbage. Yeah, uh, I remember half the crap that came out of that chow hall. Um, that chow hall is a lot of memories. Uh, for instance, we had a group of of uh, recon marines that were returning um, into the country. They were coming back from Columbia. And a bunch of the guys went into the chow hall and stole a bunch of bread. Well, for those people that don't know about Camp Lejeune, there's geese everywhere. <laughs> so they left a big old pile of bread in front of the guy's room um, and opened the door. And basically, when all these geese piled up and started eating that bread, they herded them into the room and then shut the door. What they weren't thinking about, because I the guy got back, was the geese shit everywhere in this room. You could not take a step without hitting any every type of shit on the spectrum. There was diarrhea. There was hard shit, soft shit. There was green shit. It was, it was the Bubba Gump explaining shrimp. <laughs> and one of them had died in his room. I don't know how. I think it drowned in the toilet somehow. But, uh, yeah, that's just the chow hall in general was, uh, was absolutely the worst. A lot of that happened, happened in that chow hall. A lot of the good things that happened, happened in that chow hall. 
Hey, you're breaking up, man. I don't know uh, if it's your side or my side, but you're breaking up a little bit. Uh, more than likely, it's my side. I only have like three bars. Okay. But I got the bad part, so we should be good. Okay. Um, you remember? You remember when we freaking uh, we went from the chow hall and we 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 uh, had bread and we threw. Remember we shot those birds with the BB gun? Yeah. So. There was a lot there. We had a big bird get us in trouble if, we, if they'd have known about it at the time, but we stacked a bunch of bread in front of the chow hall or in front of the, uh, the barracks rooms. We all went and played a game of Call of Duty and came back, and there was a ton of birds there. And so we kind of just unloaded on them with BB guns because everybody had guns in the barracks. Animal cruelty. We're all going to hell. We should be yeah, locked up no. in cages. Before, after you left, um, you didn't get to see this, but there was a guy – that was part of combat engineers. Well, combat engineers moved into the barracks across from us. Um, there was a, I bet there was a lot of fights. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of fights. But uh, one of the guys was driving down Five Mile Road, which is the road that leads to kind of like our secluded area. And there was a group of about 30 geese crossing the road. And there was a video of him just plowing over all of the geese. <laughs> <laughs> like, and it's, it's a video shot by him. So you could hear the. From him hitting just a yeah. ton of them. So, what, what was your favorite weapon that you got to operate in the Marine Corps? You know, um, I'd have to say our sidearm that we were issued, the 1911. I mm -hmm. love the 1911. I grew up shooting it. Um, I carry one. Matter of fact, I got one right next to me right now. Um, I loved that weapon base. Um, between that and probably. I don't know. Probably the probably the fifty cal. I love the fifty. That was my second. I never understood. I never understood the fifty cal. For some reason, it never clicked with me. The fifty is it's a workhorse, man. Um, I don't the, know what the it is head spacing and things like that. I never could under. I couldn't couldn't understand it. You it's, know, it's a lot like a woman, man. Um, you know, you just gotta. It's beautiful as can be on the outside, but it's got a ton of issues. Um, <laughs> just like I like my women. Yeah. You just got to work through those issues. And once you. Long time. And she will leave you panting and just having the time of your life. <laughs> um, dude, I, oh, man, I remember we used to go out there at freaking Wilmington, that level five bar. Freaking. Uh, so, guys, there was a there was this level five bar. And I swear to God, there was this bartender. She looked like Mila Kunis. A hundred percent. And it was known that bar was known in that city because of her. Yeah. Well, I mean, I remember when I first we we first went there, and I said, "Josh, you ain't gonna believe it. There's a chick there that that looks like Mila Kunis." And you're nah, no way. And, yeah, way. She looks exactly like Mila Kunis. Yeah. Through my double vision, I was able to to really hold that together. <laughs> I was lost in it that night. And I remember everybody that was there was trying to get her number. Well, yeah, her name was Kelly. Yeah, old Kelly, man. What a what a woman. <laughs> what a name. Kelly Blue Book. Let's see what her worth is. Yeah. <laughs> I bet it's golden. It's probably worth a ton there, man. She got all the time. I bet it's golden. <laughs> um, Money-making spots out there were the bars in Wilmington um, and the strip clubs, man. Toby's. Um, old Dirtwood or Driftwood. <laughs> Driftwood. Yeah. I never went to Driftwood, man. I never went to Toby's either. 
Well, I'm not going to incriminate myself, but I can tell you I have a a, a, a great knowledge base to that. To that, you got a nice little tab that was uh, that was building there. Yeah, never settled tab. <laughs> so, uh, what do you so what do you do now, man? Go ahead and get into detail what you're doing now. Um, so basically, one of the guys that left, uh, he was a recon marine. Um, he sent me kind of a video. I was I was working at a motorcycle shop and doing electrical in California when I got out, kind of not really knowing where to go. And he sent me a video of him sitting on top of this big old tower. And I text him back. I'm like, hey, what are you doing, man? He's like, oh, this is what I do for a living now. Um, I went to the school that only hires vets. They only do vets. And I'm like, oh, no shit. Like, how hard was that to get in? He's like, oh, super easy, man. So he sent me a uh he sent me an email of how to get into it and so i did uh hold on i got a guy waiting behind me i'm trying to get into my gate um basically you self-incriminate yourself uh, you're gonna get arrested you ain't supposed to be on the phone yeah yeah no i uh i'm actually pulling up to my other property and uh i have to open the gate to get into it so give me two seconds i'm gonna get back to this uh it'll take me like two seconds open no big deal go ahead so yeah, so Josh works on. Long story short, which he'll he'll tell you, but just a summary. He works on uh, communications uh, with uh, antennas and and uh, radio systems. Kind of a little bit of what I did in the military. Um, so he's trying to recruit me to go out to Texas and make about 120, 130k a year, which I've strongly considered and still do. So here I am. I'm back. Um, basically. I hit this people up. This guy's named uh, Kevin Kennedy. Super cool guy. Um, he was a two-star general in the Air Force. And he, like, I hit him up. He, he shot me back an email almost immediately. He's like, hey, I need, like, two pieces of paper from you. I need you to do 214, and I need you to sign a paper. And I was like, all right, cool. So I did it. And he's like, all right, well, here's your class date. And uh, hooked it up, man. Ever since then, um, now I'm working over at a place called Fulton Technologies out of uh, Carrollton um, here in – Texas. Um, you know, great money, great benefits. Uh, it's a great job. It's pretty easy. You just basically climb towers and go troubleshoot stuff. Someone like Jordan here that has any type of knowledge at radios would succeed and probably go really far in this industry. <laughs> well, I mean, I, that's what I was just telling him. I said, said Josh is uh, trying to recruit me to go out there and, and make some money, which I said I'm very strongly considering. Um, so I'm the boys back that's what it is yeah for sure i mean that i mean and a lot of people who don't a lot of people don't understand how much for me well me anyway i can i can only speak on my experience but it that military changed my life and turned my life around um i was heading you know i was i was i had no purpose in life and the military kind of like gave me that purpose and then all of a sudden i was like okay you know build myself up and before i never had that and i mean you know what I'm saying? So it, it definitely helped in that regard. But, you know, and especially getting out, you feel feel like you're purposeless. You don't know where to go. You, you, you know what I'm saying? That's You have this anxiety yeah. about life that, you know, you feel like the world is, um, you feel like a big weight on your chest because you're like, well, I, I have these bills. I don't have a job. I don't know where I'm going. But a lot of people don't understand, especially when you come back to your hometown, they're like, oh, like, you know, same guy. Well, not so much, you know. Did you close the gate? Because you grow up and sorry, no, yeah. Um, the Marine Corps changed my life a hundred percent. 
Um, I grew up out in the middle of nowhere. Um, the only town in Texas where the Welcome To and Hurry Back Now sign are on the same post. Real small town. Yeah. Uh, and joining the Marine Corps, I was afforded the opportunity to work with people from different countries, um, people from different states, you know, like some Tom Petty loving Indiana people, <laughs> you know, like, like old Jay Cost himself right here. <laughs> Tom Petty, baby. Yeah, you know anyone from Indiana, they, they know Tom Well, yeah, dude, he's a fucking legend. What about John <laughs> Mellencamp? Oh, I don't, I, don't even, I don't even go to school here. I don't know what that is. <laughs> John Mellencamp's a shit. Jack and Diane, baby. Oh, that one, yeah. Um, so, as far as the military goes, I, I fully agree with you. Um, that's something I believe that every American, almost male, should do because it, it – it kind of humbled me in a way. It, um, it made me understand. I learned a lot more about people than anything else. I learned, I, I learned a lot more about people, but I learned more about myself and, and realizing a lot of like going to schools and being able to test myself and knowing that I can endure um, situations or, or, you know, pay, break past a, uh, you know, like a mental barrier or it allows me, you know, yeah, I think that before, the Marine Corps, I didn't have that, you know? Um, and so after the Marine Corps, I, you know, it's like, okay, you know, things are going, things are like going well right now, like financially, right. Hypothetically. And then like, Oh, well, guess what? It is what it is. I can power through it. I always do. Um, but I think any, every American should do at least two years in the military at minimum two years. Uh, yeah, at minimum, I think it would be a good thing. A lot of countries mandate that, and um, you know, you see a lot of production, uh, productive citizens uh, come out of the military like that. Um, and they also let them take their service pistols and you know rifles home, which would also be how the kids say "hella cool." Um, that'd have been nice to do. Well, a lot of people too. I mean, they they'll say that like, oh, the military brainwashes you, and blah 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 blah. And sure, I mean, you could argue it does, but I'd rather be brainwashed with good values and be brainwashed by television and politicians. And you know what I'm saying? And so yeah, in the military, in the, in the military, you trust another person with not, with, you can trust them with your life, but you can't trust them around your girl. It's kind of like that. <laughs> I don't know how to, how to push that any closer. That, I know. And that's fucked up. Isn't it? You're like, Oh, well, I, I know you got my back. If we, if I get in a fight or something like that, but you know, if I'm freaking going away, I can't trust that you're not going to bang my wife. <laughs> <laughs> They're not ready for that conversation. Ain't ready. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I, I just know that just being able to just go away from small town, Indiana, um, it kind of expanded my horizon and made me realize a lot about people, but more, more so about myself um, and, and being able to yeah. endure a lot of bullshit sometimes that life tries to throw at us. And not just me, but everybody, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. um, how's, and now you have friends in every state pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, shit, I got, you know, you're, you, uh, my buddy Gribble, you know, Gribble, uh, Gribbles and Bits. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Elder. Um, freaking, uh, Keegan Barron's. I don't think you ever met Keegan. Keegan's a good dude. He's a, he's a cop in Florida now. So. Oh, good old Florida. Yeah. Oh, well. I feel sorry for Florida cops. Yeah, no doubt. Tell, tell them. All right. So how, 
tell the big difference between California and Texas. Oh man, I could. Where, where do you want me to start? I mean, I could go a million, million different ways. Well, you're based. Uh, just say like in every day. Uh, explain California okay. and then explain Texas. So California and Texas are two different worlds, right? 100%. California is the only place where you're legally required to pick up your dog shit, but not your own. There's literal people shitting in the streets there. Um, you're not allowed to own, you're not allowed to have plastic straws in a restaurant, but they give out free syringes. Um, so much yeah, logic also, in California. <laughs> yeah. They also have state income tax, uh-huh. um, which is not only do you pay federal taxes, but you also pay state same, taxes. Same in Indiana. Gas is, uh, let's see, gas right here in Texas right now is probably about a dollar fifty something a gallon. Mm-hmm. Um, in California, you're looking at about four dollars a gallon. Um, average rent is for like even in just a, a crappy little studio, you're looking at like sixteen, seventeen hundred, yeah. uh, eighteen hundred. You know, in a cheap area. Yeah. I went to Huntington Beach for a little while. I did a lot of electrical work out there, and they had a single bedroom condo that was going for forty two hundred a month, and people were paying it happily um you know that's a good place to invest in real estate but at the same time you know it's a crappy place to live um texas you're legally allowed to carry your gun in your like in your vehicle as long as it's concealed mm-hmm. they also don't have any gun registry in texas um do you know what mutual combat law nope. is? so mutual combat law basically means that if me and you were outside of a bar and we wanted to fight each other it is legal for us to fight each other the cops cannot intervene. They can, the only time they can intervene is they'll, they, they come in they say, hey, are you wanting to fight him? Yes. Okay, are you wanting to fight him? Yes. At that point, the only thing they can do is make sure it doesn't get to the point where one person's getting really, really, really – And this is in Texas? Yes, Texas. Texas is, um, is a great place, man. I've been to a lot of states, uh, you know. Through the Marine Corps, I've been to Georgia, Virginia, California, North Carolina, South Carolina, Love North Carolina, Rhode Island. Yep, I've been all over the place, um, and I think between North Carolina and Texas were my two favorite states. Yeah, I, I mean, I lived in Texas for about seven months um, before the Marine Corps. I lived in uh, it was called Spearman, Texas. Uh, it was right by Guyman, Oklahoma, um, and, and yeah. It, it was well it's on like the the texas panhandle um yeah but, but i like the the uh, you know because like you said there's there's multiple you know quote unquote personalities of texas right you have yeah. <laughs> you have um you know not to get too much into politics but you have like liberal like super fucking screaming liberal and then you have very very conservative and then you have Americans, typical Americans, you know. Um, so yeah, you got the ones that are trapped in the middle, not knowing what the hell's going on. Yeah, I mean, with political parties, man, you have you have, you know, the left pulling so far to the left and the right pulling so far to the right. Your mind's like Stretch Armstrong at the end of the day, because you're, you're like, wait, what the fuck? What are these people trying? It's to, healthy. It's like trying to feed people shit and calling it caviar. Like, oh, here's shit. Actually, caviar, it's not, or here's caviar and then it's shit. Wait, what? You know what I'm saying? See, it, the thing with political, when, when you get into political um, kind of standings, it's okay. And most people want to be put into, into a category, but it's okay 
to see one side's opinions on things and be like, yeah, I agree with that. And then also see on another side on a different topic. Okay. Well, I agree closely more to their values. 100%. And that's complete. Um, it's just whatever. Uh, unfortunately, it seems like in the last few uh, years, it's been picking the lesser of two evils, if you will. Well, I mean, typical uh, Americans are, you know, 80, 80% of Americans would say that, you know, that they're, you know, they're in the middle, you know? Um, yeah. And, that's a good way to put yeah. it. Just stay neutral and find what you support. Yeah. Like I, you know, I, I want everyone to be happy and all, but also not at the expense of hurting other people. You know? Yeah, exa- that's a good way to put it, man. And a lot of people, I don't know, coming, I was such a hothead coming into the Marine Corps. I thought, you know, I was just going to be around. You, you hear perceptions of the Marine Corps. Another thing for, for people that don't know what the Marine Corps is, never been around the Marine Corps. Um, and I hate to crush the stereotype for a lot of people, but I'd say a good 75% of the Marine Corps doesn't even carry a gun. Yeah. That's not their job. That's not their job. You have people. So you have different MOSs. You have guys that do radios like, like Jordan. Um, You have guys that drive trucks. That's their only job is just to drive a truck in the Marine Corps. You have guys that only file paperwork. You have guys that, you know, check the water to make sure it's, you know, potable water. They have guys that change light bulbs in warehouses. That's their job. You got guys that work the warehouses. You got guys that work on boats. You got guys that pack parachutes. And then you got the small group of Marines that, you know, their their job is to do what the Marine Corps is known to do. Um, I believe it's inside every Marine um, to do that. Obviously, when it comes down to it, that's why every Marine is trained to, you know, uphold basically if, if they were overrun to be able to hold their own. Mm-hmm. But that's not their job. You know, that's like worst case scenario. Let's hope this doesn't happen. You got guys that artillery, all that, you know, you got all sorts of jobs, tanks. No, I just took tanks away, but there's so many jobs inside the Marine Corps that doesn't carry that. And the stereotype that every Marine's this hard charging guy, you know, and then you see a guy that looks like he's 80 pounds soaking wet and, you know, he's, his shoulders are nearly. <laughs> well, he's, he's the first Sergeant's favorite cause he can run 300 PFT. Yep. So another thing for people that aren't in the military and this, and this is a standard across the military. I've done schools um, for the army, the Marine Corps. I've, I've done schools for uh, a few different branches, but it seems like the people that are able to run uh, copious amounts of distance and, uh, and at a quick speed, those are the people that are seen as uh, active leaders. Those are your guys that they reward the most. Um, you can have a really solid guy that knows it. Like Jordan, I mean, you're a solid dude. I, I, I don't surround myself with people that, you know, aren't genuine, that aren't, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take somewhere with me if I needed them. Right. Um, but those aren't the guys that get picked for leadership roles sometimes, you know, that's just not the way it is. Cause on paper, those are the guys that, okay, he only ran a 19 minute three mile. He didn't run sub 18. Um, you know, what's it? What they see it as like laziness. He's not keeping up with them. So. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Jordan, I don't know. Jordan, you were probably like, what? 225 in the yep. Marines, just muscle. Yep. You're not going to get 225 pounds up and run a 18 minute three mile. It's going to, I mean, that's a lot harder than somebody that, you know, that dated high schoolers when he was 24 and weighs 134, you know, 130 pounds. And some Marine Corps recruiter decided to be a good idea to put him in the gun club. He'd get no one's business, you know, and his leadership skills, you know, consist of 
holding down a manager position at McDonald's. <laughs> I think the best uh, PFT I ever ran, I was over uh, Marsoc doing the um, the uh, MNOC training, the Marsoc Network Operator Course. Uh, the best best yep. time I ever did was twenty minutes and forty seconds, and um, you know max out on pull ups and sit ups. But dude, yeah, I was two twenty five uh, at that time, roughly, um, and then I. Uh, Freaking ran 20 minutes and 40 seconds, man. But that, uh, there was this staff sergeant Cooper guy, man. I'm telling you, he, he had a way of, of being able to push you to your fullest potential, if that makes sense. Because I know, uh, yeah. And, and those are, those are the people you need to surround yourself with, not these people that say they're your friend, but aren't your friend. You know what I mean? Especially, especially yeah. as you get older and, and your life, it, how you want to shape your life, you know, and they're like, oh, well, they're always, feeding you shit or hey it's you know here's here's shit call it caviar and then you're like oh well that's not that's not caviar so i don't want you know i don't want that so um which it's it's hard to to spot out some of those people you know because everyone has masks and everywhere everywhere people wear masks i I don't have it in me to be fake man i don't yeah yeah so then you get people like uh like another legend among the community uh staff sergeant hoff Everybody knows Hoff. You know Hoff, right? What, the freaking, the tank? Yeah. Yeah. Hoff was like, and I don't know the exact number, but I have to guess he's at least 6'5", maybe even taller. And he's just, I I promise you, probably 0% body fat. Probably a good 240, yeah. Just ridiculous. And he would run like sub-18, you know, three miles. He was insane. And that guy... That guy was an inspiration to me. Staff Sergeant Martinez, that was another one. Uh, huge inspiration to me. I looked up to those guys. And I, and to this day, it's funny because I'll, I'll be doing something and I can still hear their words and it rings true for things that they said and things that they did for me. I'm still learning from those guys, even though I've gotten out of the Marine Corps and I'm not around them anymore. You know, one one dude that one, one dude that I got a chance to to meet and hang out with and I would look, I looked up to him was Proctor because a lot of people kind of had this negative view of Proctor because he just, he's just, he was who he was. He doesn't give a fuck what you think. And, and I got a chance to hang out with him, sit back and drink some beer with him. And, and, and he just seemed like a good fucking dude, you know? That's, that's the thing. A lot of those guys, the thing with, with the recon Marines is you get the guys, you know, there's, there's some really, really solid guys. Everyone's got their own little niche of things that they're good at. Yeah. Um, like we have a guy, Connor Trammell, excellent fighter. Dude was really good at what he's done. Um, Schmidt, he was one of the, he was probably the best shark fisherman on the East Coast. Just an absolute star. I remember he, Schmidt. Reeled, he reeled in a thirty. Yeah, he reeled in a thirteen foot tiger shark off of top. Yeah. Just a just a, a a whole man. That's the only way to put it. And then there's like all these people that do all these things, you know, and then, and then there's you, you got to kind of find your own thing. And Proctor, he kind of found his own thing after a while. Um, he actually is back working with a lot of guys in second recon. He's out, but he's a, uh, I think he's a drone operator. Yeah. Yeah. That last I heard, that's what he was doing. He's making like hundred K a year. Um, more yeah. than that potentially. Yeah. There's a, I, I don't remember his name. He was a, he was a parachute rigger and he disappeared. He got mm-hmm. out. And then probably about a year later, uh, he came back to the unit with a full beard and he was a civilian contractor. He was 
out there packing parachutes for us again. I love hearing successful, you know, good dudes succeeding. I love hearing that because oh. because you have you have these fucking uh, you know sometimes the the most ignorant piece of shits have this full of confidence. And then the, the, the ones that are genuine people, good dudes don't have confidence. And sometimes they need to build or help build confidence. No matter how old you get, you're always going to have, you know, that, that thought in your head of like, Oh, like, like you're not good enough or something like that. And then you said, fuck that. I'm, I'm more than good enough. And, you know, it's good to see good dudes succeeding, you know, like, like Proctor, uh, like you, like yeah. uh, elder, uh, you know, like Keegan, it's good, good seeing, uh, good dude succeed. Yeah, man, that's the thing. Um, you know, there's always going to be voices, man. I had, I had voices that were other, other dudes that just didn't want to see me succeed. Um, they'll always tell you you can't make it, but you just got to keep pushing, dude. Use that as, uh, as your motivation. That's what I, and that's what I tell the people at my gym sometimes, you know, they're, they're like, uh, uh, people I work out with, some of my buddies, I'm like, man, like I use, I use that them, like not them, but like people, you know, people try to belittle me or try to talk down on me. I use that as fuel. I'm like, all right, I remember that. I remember what you, I remember you trying to say that and I use that. And that's what, that's what drives me. And it's not even, it's not to prove anybody wrong. It's just, that's my, that's my mentality. That that's how I've always been. I've always been a mental, you know, mental fighter, if you will. Yeah, no, 100%. You just got to use uh, – I had a lot of people tell me I wasn't going to make it into recon, and, you know, somehow I slipped through the cracks, and here I am. You didn't, yeah. slip, you didn't slip through the cracks, bro. You fucking put in the work, and it fucking showed. There was results. I don't believe that people yeah. get into, you know, like just like the Marine Corps. I mean, yeah, there's some fucking teddy bears in the Marine Corps, but there's also some fucking beast-ass motherfuckers in the Marine um that's true man and mindset is 100 percent everything i mean that's oh 100 you know and and but when that's the thing too is like when your mind shift when you're when your mindset is lacking that's when you have to have real motherfuckers be like look dude you, you know you i don't know what's going on but you need to get sharp between the ears and that's what those are the friends you got to have around because those are the friends that are, are gonna help you succeed no matter how old we get man we always are gonna need help We'll be 40, 40 years old. We're still going to need our buddies to be like, hey, look, dude, I don't know what's going on, but you need to fucking get your mind right. That's that's one of the things that I, again, I learned from Cesar Martinez. He he told me to quit trying to take thing, take care of things on your own because I always try to do things on my own, keep it on like a lower level. That's kind of what you're taught. Hey, keep it on a, on a company level. Keep it on a team level. Yeah. Um, there's some things, man, it's just knowing when to reach out and actually get help is the – is the hard thing, man, knowing what situation, you know, you're to do that on. Yeah. I mean, um, I, uh, I know a guy who, who was in the Marine Corps and I knew him before the Marine Corps. Um, he, uh, he, I would, I was just talking to him the other day at the VA and he said, man, I, um, you know, I went out to the mental health clinic and I'm talking to someone. I'm, I said, man, that's good to hear, you know, cause no matter who you are, man, some, you know, sometimes it, I mean, Depression is, or I suffer from depression. I mean, I'm I'm 100 percent honest with that, you know. Uh, and yeah. so I have. I, Everyone does. Yeah. So I I I had to be put on medication for it, you know. 
uh, ever since I got out of the Marine Corps, I've been on medication. It's helped a lot. Um, you know, so, you know, if someone, it's just all I'm saying, all I'm trying to say is it's important to have people that, you know, people around you that are like, Hey, look, like you look like you're going through some shit and I understand. So, yeah. Well, all right, brother. I'm a, uh, I got to get off this thing now. I, uh, I'm running out of time. Uh, we should do this again sometime. Hey, no doubt. All right, brother. Will you take care of yourself? Hey, you as well, dude. All right. All right. Later.